1: Welcome to part two of the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. We begin part two with Brad Angelo, where Steve and Brad begin chatting about Brad's Open Championships experience. If you missed part one, by all means, go back and check that out. Lots of great stuff on BullU, some of the thoughts and premise behind BullU. So check all that out in our first podcast. And by all means, also check out BullU.com. But let's get right into things here with Steve and Brad beginning chatting about the Open Championships.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of definitely a lot of, uh, you know, any of you listeners out there listening to this podcast right now and have a chance to go to one of these classes, you're going to learn, a, a, you know, so much more than you even really that you didn't know that you didn't know. I mean, there's a, there's a wealth of information here. And, you know, going back and speaking of bowl you, Brad, the last time I saw you, was actually in Vegas down there for the Open Championships. And, and I didn't know you were going to be there. I just showed up. I uh, just wanted to watch maybe the Bowler's Journal a little bit and, and the BTM and, and watch some of the competition there. And uh, lo and behold, there you are. And you had a whole team uh, of Bowl U uh, participants that came out. Uh, and, and I watched you guys' Bowl team event. Why don't you talk a little bit about your performance there and, and what your guys' theories uh, were You know, were going into the team event it looked like you definitely had a certain strategy there. Uh, and uh, maybe just talk a little bit about that.
0: Well, we, we certainly did. That group uh, of Bowl you guys that we had, uh, many of those guys have been students of mine for, gosh, a couple of them as many as 15 years. And, and, uh, and I had always told them when they were bowling juniors and in their college years that once they get out of college – that I want to put together a couple of teams and go out to nationals together. Um, of course at that time I wasn't able to, uh, to bowl nationals because I was on tour and then they, they, um, uh, relaxed that rule over the last couple of years. So we ended up getting together, uh, as a group of, of 10 guys, um, gosh, all spring, just about every Friday when, you know, if somebody couldn't make it, that wasn't a big deal. And uh, one of the things that we worked on is I, I would have my mechanic at my bowling center. Uh, he would just put out random patterns and, and we wouldn't know what they were. And we had to strategically plan based on what we saw. And, uh, uh, and that worked out really, really well. We got to the point to where as a group of 10 guys with, Ten very unique and different styles. We got to the point where we could have our laydowns, our a ball where it passes the arrows, and where it is coming out of the pattern. We got so good that we could have those be all those lines be within three boards all the way down the lane. And um, so we we had decided that when we got to nationals, that we were going to all meet. Um, the afternoon before team event, we were going to watch a couple of the better teams or, you know, see if we could get an idea of how long the pattern was. And, um, and then we just went from there. Um, I think, I think the main thing, and and it's no secret, everybody tries to, everybody tries to, uh, get together and work together as a team to be able to manipulate the pattern to what they want. And, um, But where I think the flaw ends up coming and what a lot of people do is they don't know how to stay the course once they have created what they wanted to create. Inevitably, you have the one guy that he's in, you know, all the brackets, and so he needs to jump 10 left. And then you got another guy that, okay, well, he has a little bit um, higher rep rate, so he has to jump 12 left. And then before you know it, you've ruined everything that you'd worked so hard to create. So uh, uh, back at home, we, we worked on that, and we worked on continuing to raise the scoring pace, and then we really got good at keeping it um, raised. And the, the fact that I'm fortunate enough to be leading all events, there's no way in the world that that could have happened without the other nine guys working together. Um, our, our particular singles and doubles pair, the six guys on our pair, In our singles, just to show you how easy we made the lanes, our six scores for singles, our lowest was 670 and the highest was uh, 730. So we were 600 over just for singles. And, you know, I know that there's teams that go out there and have similar success from a scoring um, consideration. So that's great. The fact is, do they even know how they did it? Do they, what, what happens if they put out a longer pattern next year? What happens if they put out a shorter pattern the next year? And those are some of the things that once people come to a bowl, you elements workshop, then we, then they're exposed to the elements and then we can uh, go back and we can do ball motion workshops. We can do lane play strategy workshops. We can do arsenal building workshops, um, partnering with storm, um, we can get the, the, uh, the product specialist for, for Storm and have them come out to the uh, to the workshop site for a couple of hours and be able to go over the whole arsenal of bowling balls. Not just featuring one bowling ball or another bowling ball, because, you know, if you have somebody that is slow speed and high rev rate, if we went and we featured a shoe lock for them, that probably wouldn't be the best best choice for them. Um, they would certainly mm-hmm. need a whole lot of oil on the lane to be able to utilize that ball. But then on the other end, you have somebody that's really high speed and really low rep rate. You certainly don't want to have them be throwing a a, a unless there's a whole lot of friction in the environment that they're bowling in. So we teach people how to gather information, how to sort through that information, and then how to commit to the best choice that they possibly can. And that's the main focus of some of those ball motion workshops that
1: we do. So Brad, we have a lot of younger listeners who are listening to this and your camp seem to be geared for pretty much anyone, but let's what some advice maybe you have for someone who's maybe a sophomore or junior in high school, maybe they want to bowl in college somewhere. What should they be working on uh, and attending the camp being one thing and trying to find one that's in the area for them, but let's say they can and they can't always bowl on sports shots on tougher patterns what's a way that a, a younger player can maybe make a shot a little bit more challenging
0: i think the ability for these junior bowlers to learn and and create a feel the word feel being able to feel exactly what they're doing and, and commit to it before that shot i run into a lot of people that boy they're great at critiquing their previous shot but they have no idea what shot's coming next And uh, I have Mm -hmm. to say, I I think a lot of these kids, so many of them are so talented. I see kids that, man, I I wish I could throw the ball the way they could throw it. You know, But, but the ability to repeat shots is of the utmost importance, no matter what level you're at, no matter what pattern you're competing on. And then you need to learn some basic strategy. So... But I think the most important thing is being able to to teach feel for them to learn feel. And there's a lot of people that say, "Well, yeah, feel can't be taught. It's just something you just inherently have." you I, I, uh, doesn't believe that. Um, I've seen kids. I've seen kids be able to go out and and they don't even realize what it is that they're doing until you show them what they're doing. They don't even realize what they're supposed to be looking for because they just are interested in whether they got a strike or not. So, you know, I I think even if they only have access to a house shot, I think they can do what's called uh, the three arrow drill. So they can go and they get whatever bowling ball that they have. If they only have one ball, that's fine. Or if they pick their favorite bowling ball, that's fine. And they go out to their house shop, and they get lined up with that house shop. and they just learn to be them. They they do what they do relative to that house shop. So let's say, let's say that that causes them to, I don't know, maybe they're standing on 15 and they're and they're, or or, or let's say they're standing on 20, looking at 15, just for, as an example, okay? And they are. They are solidifying their identity. This is where I'm the most comfortable. Standing on 20, looking at 15 today. Perfect. Now they have to throw three shots that are repeated. They can't hit 15 and go out to five. And then they can't hit 15 and have it, you know, stay on 12. And they they have to be honest with themselves. And they have to repeat three consecutive shots. And all three have to strike. Then they get to move eight and five left with their feet and five with their eyes. So now they're going to be standing, in this example, 28 and looking at 20. Now they're going to have to do something different in order to be able to strike. They can't just whip it down the lane because if they're on a house shot, we all know that they're moving into more oil. So what is the obvious thing that we hope, Steve, that they would have to do to be able to strike from eight and five left?
2: You have to start to understand your game and know your variables and, and be able to control your, your speeds and launch angles and releases exactly. and all the different components. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So there's no, way you, there's so no way you will- would not become a better bowler doing that.
0: Exactly. So they have to decrease their speed maybe increase their rev rate, certainly increase their launch angle, um, maybe learn to stand closer to the foul line so they can slow down. But Whatever it is that they have to do to be able to strike from eight and five left, okay, now you have to do that three times. You have to strike three times in a row. Can't just be striking three out of seven shots. Nope, we want three in a row. Then... You move back to where you are or, or where your identity told you to be. So now you're going to go move back to 20 and 15, looking at 15, and continue to be you and strike a couple more times from there. Then you move 8 and 5 right. Now you're going to stand on 12 and look at 10. Hopefully you moved into more friction. So now you're going to have to understand more about how to increase your speed, how to decrease your rev rate, And hopefully, if you haven't already figured out how to stabilize your axis rotation, you're going to be forced to do that because you're not going to be able to keep the ball to the right side of the hedging. Keeping in mind, you have to use the same bowling ball for all three of these locations. You can't change balls. Once you get lined up to where you are comfortable and you are being whatever your best characteristics are, then you move eight and five left, strike three times in a row from there and then move eight and five right and strike three times in a row from there. Now to finish the drill, you have to do all three locations consecutively with the creativity that you committed to, and then you gotta do that three times in a row. So you gotta strike from eight and five right, strike from where your identity is, and then strike from eight and five left. And you gotta do it in a row, and then you're done with the drill. Now, when you get really, really good, you're going to start to realize that, hmm, maybe I can repeat the sound of the pins colliding. Can I achieve the same sound from all three locations? Let me see if I can do that. That's something that not a lot of people realize, Uh, and, and we talk about that when we talk about the pins element. What is the sound that the pins make? Uh, for as much as the three of us on this call have been around bowling, sometimes you don't even have to be watching. but you can certainly hear when something bad happened.
2: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: how about learning how about learning to hear when the pins are colliding properly when when the pin deflection is exactly what you want it to be? and be aware of what that is. So that's a great drill for the youth bowlers. Um, I still teach students, uh, whether they're adults or junior bowlers or 220 average bowlers, 240 average bowlers, or 140 average bowlers. Just keep it simple. you got to learn whatever your identity is and, and learn to get solid at doing what you do best. Then we can start to build off of that. Don't be trying to listen to somebody that says, well, you need to hold the ball this way and stick your butt out more and squeeze your cheeks and bend your knees and all of the things that, that most everybody try to teach and they all mean well. The problem with that methodology of teaching is that pretty much no matter what what we try to say, there's ten guys on tour that do exactly the opposite. So obviously there's the basic method of, of teaching the physical game, but when we're outside and we're teaching the physical Um, element people get exposed to what all great bowlers do what all and 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 then whatever their uniqueness looks as far as their style it is what it is when you take a brandon novak with a arm swing like that and you put him on a video and you stop him right at his point of explosion he looks identical to a two-hander Whose left hand has just come off the ball at his point of explosion—it's all the same. So, coordinating their body to be able to do whatever it does, and and learn what has to be there, and then you build your physical game around what has to be there, rather than creating robots.
2: Man, well, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that drill, Brad, because I'll be honest with you—I'm ready to head down to the lanes myself and try it out right now. I mean, I love it. <laughs> I think that's—I <laughs> think that's fantastic. I think that's great. Hey, uh, final, final question I have for you, though. What would it mean to you uh, to win that uh, that All-Events Eagle? I, I don't know that I could even put that
0: into words, Steve. It, it, it's something that you only get one chance a year. There's thousands and thousands of people that are going out there. You see the Facebook posts about, I can't wait for next Tuesday, I'm going eagle hunting, and... and You you get a group of guys together and and guys that I have worked with and taught, and many of them are now my best friends. Like, as an example, if I were to get married or remarried to my first wife again, all over again, Michelle, if I married you again, I would have probably a whole different set of, of, of guys or more guys standing up in my wedding party. That's how much these guys mean to me. And to be able to be leading the all events, I think that is second most prestigious eagle to win. In my opinion, I think team all events would be the one that I would want to uh, be able to say that me and these other four guys work together along with the companion team and look what we get to take home. But the all events title, oh my gosh, I don't even know. I, I don't know what that would mean. I, I know, all I can tell you is, I know what it meant when I saw my PBA banner the first time hanging over the lanes. After winning that PBA title, and then I had my kids pick out the colors that they wanted for the letters and then the background, and I saw that hanging at for the first time in Buffalo, New York. And I looked at that and man, I just started to cry. I was emotionally moved. I didn't even know what to say. So if that were to happen, and I'm able to walk into Syracuse next year in my home state and see a banner hanging with my name on it, I I, I don't even know what I would do. I mean, I would be proud. there's, there's, There's some people that know the whole story that went into that banner if it happens 28 years of work and effort and disappointment um you know i just saw the new gatorade commercial michael jordan uh lebron james these golfers these athletes and 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 the question is you know how do you how do you uh uh, how do you define um Winning and and you know, Matt Ryan with the, the Falcons, and what, what he how, how do you deal with defeat or something like that? Um, and and or no, how, how do you how do you how do you learn to win by learning how to grind through defeat and the amount of, of trials? Steve, we grew up together, we both in college against each other, and no, I know basically your whole career. You know basically my whole career, and now to be working together with Storm and trying to help grow the sport, and now to have it work out that we've partnered with Bow U, and then Bow U gets to be up on a banner sometime. Oh my gosh, that would be
2: unbelievable! Fantastic.
1: Well great stuff Brad you have a, a few more anxious weeks as uh, as we go through the mid part of July here for the tournament but hopefully everything does work out for you again if you're listening and you want to check out you can and go to a uh, bullu.com for information on how you can find out I do also see Brad you guys have some online stuff that you're starting to launch as well so there are ways folks can can interact with you guys and and get some uh, get some things uh, through the what you're talking about here online so that's a, a neat feature as well that i'm seeing so check all that out again at bowl and brad it's been fun having you on and gosh we need to do this again because i feel like we've only scratched the surface here and we're almost uh, 30 40 minutes into this conversation
0: well listen i i agree with you and just for the record if you reach out to me for those of you that want to learn more about bowl if you reach out to me and if for some reason do not get in touch with me please reach out to Storm. And Storm will direct you to me. I can guarantee you that, okay? So I'd love to hear from you and let's let's blow this whole thing wide open for bull you across the United States. I would love that.